Welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to episode number 213 of Starting the Conversation. I'm your host, Alice Benham, here this week to share with you my biggest weaknesses as an entrepreneur. Now, you might have seen this episode title and thought, has Alice lost her mind? Are we now just listening to her therapy sessions? And the answer is probably that is what this episode is going to feel like. But I thought this might be an interesting topic to start the conversation around, because if there's one thing I've noticed about what it's like to run a business, it's that you get very self-aware and not just self-aware of what you're good at, but also self-aware of the things that perhaps you're not so good at. One of my business friends once said to me, Alice, running a business just feels like I'm in therapy every single day, but it's just the part of therapy where you figure out what's wrong about yourself and not the part where you actually do anything to fix it. And honestly, I've never resonated with something so much. I feel like every day in business, it's more self-awareness, it's self-discovery, it's kind of seeing yourself in a different way. And whilst, you know, I'm joking around that that's all in a negative way, of course, it's in the positives as well. You know, if you want to go on a self-awareness journey, can I just recommend starting a business to you? Because it is rich in lessons. You will learn so much about who you are. And in what, over 210 episodes, this isn't really a topic that I've broached before. Speaking of you listening into my therapy session, that is actually something I've done. I put out an episode, must have been a couple of years ago now, where I had a session with my life coach. I'll link it in the show notes if you are interested. That was a really interesting episode to record because I completely forgot I was even recording a podcast and then we published it and I was like, oh, that feels very vulnerable. Um, And the other style of episode that comes to mind is ones that I've done actually quite a few times where I talk about the biggest challenges that I'm facing in my business right now. And whilst those are the episodes that probably feel the most uncomfortable to share from my perspective, they're always the ones that you guys seem to really resonate with. And I totally get it. So many of the conversations that we see in business are are shiny or they're just about tips or people's stories and all of that stuff is great. But I think sometimes there can be so much value in just understanding a bit more about the behind the scenes of someone's business. It's my hope that within me sharing some of these weaknesses today, you might go on a bit of a journey yourself of doing some self-discovery and thinking about actually what are your strengths and weaknesses as a business owner? I don't quite know what you might take from this episode. I mean, if you're feeling nosy, this is a great episode to listen to. But what I will be sharing for each of these weaknesses is something that I try to do in order to combat it. Because I try a lot when I'm thinking about who I am as a person and who I am as a business owner, not to think of these traits as like bad things, but more just to see it, as I'm saying, as a weakness. If you think of these things as muscles, I just think, okay, that's a muscle that is really weak in my body. And I know from training for the marathon, which I'm doing right now, that if a muscle is weak, actually you can make that muscle stronger, but it takes practice and it takes very intentional action. So this isn't me saying these are all the things that are awful about me. This isn't me having a little pity party. This is just me exploring a little bit of how perhaps some of my characteristics show up in sometimes an unhelpful way in business and what I do to combat those things. Like I said, my main hope for this episode is that you start to think about what this might look like for you. Because as I've said already, running a business is a really exposing process, but I think we can use that to our strength because the more that you understand yourself as a business owner, the easier you'll find it to run your business. In fact, I was just working with a client recently whose work is all about helping the person behind the business. You know, there's so many people out there, myself included, who will help you with business strategy, marketing strategy, setting goals. It's all focused on improving the business. But actually what this client of mine does is they acknowledge actually our business is only as strong as we are and we've got to develop ourselves personally alongside developing our business plans and strategies etc etc so actually that was part of what sparked this episode was thinking 
interesting. Actually, my business has strategy in it, but actually that strategy is only as strong as the person who's going to implement it, which is myself. And it just got me thinking, okay, like where are the areas where I think I need to improve in order to make my businesses more successful? Because the better I am as a business owner, the better I'm going to show up for my businesses, therefore the better they're going to perform. So all of that kind of ramble and intro and context over. I've got four things to share with you. I'm going to try and keep this episode succinct, but my editor will be laughing as I say that because usually the more personal an episode is, the more that I'll just spend the next 45 minutes going on 28 different tangents. So let's see how we do with this, but I don't want to take all day. And I am wary that this could become a therapy episode without that being the intention. So without further ado, my first weakness as a business owner is that I care so much about what other people think. Now you might hear that and go, Alice, that actually sounds a bit like a strength. You know, when you're asked in job interviews, like what's your biggest weakness? And people are like, well, I'm just like too organized. I work too hard. I'm too good with people. This kind of sounds like that, doesn't it? Like, oh, one of my biggest weaknesses is I care too much. And I totally see how this is a positive. No, business is about people ultimately, especially as a business that serves people, whether that's clients or customers. Caring about those people is really important. You know, my business is only as strong as my clients and customers experience and opinions of me. That for me is my most important metric. So it's great that I care a lot about that because it means that I value it. It means that I work hard to make people happy, etc., etc. It's not that that I have a problem with. The problem that I have is that I care about what literally everyone thinks. If you think about people as a pie chart, the people that really matter to my business would probably be my clients, my customers, people in my audience, team members, some people in my network, and it kind of ends there. But my brain just looks at the whole pie chart and goes, right, absolutely everyone's opinion is complete gold to me and I take it at face value. That for me is my problem, is that whatever someone thinks, I kind of immediately just take it on and it really affects me. I can give you actually an example here, which also shows how much this negatively impacts my experience of running a business. Last week, I had an amazing week in the business. I'm actually recording this the day before it comes out. So if you're listening to this week commencing the 21st of November, I'm literally talking about last week. Amazing week for the business. I hosted a free challenge. Hundreds of people took part. I announced a new on paper collection, got loads of people on the wait list. I shared my small business party, sold out most of the tickets, signed a really exciting contract. Like loads of great stuff happened last week. It was an incredible week for both businesses. But one person sent me an email that week that upset me. Wasn't a client, wasn't a student. Actually, in hindsight, wasn't really someone that I should be paying much attention to in terms of their opinion. But the big thing that I felt throughout that week was negative feelings about that one email. The 1% that had happened that week, which felt negative, felt 10 times heavier and more significant and took up more headspace than the 99% of positive stuff that happened. And it was seeing that example that really made me realize, gosh, I need to sort this out because it's really affecting how I feel in the day-to-day of my business. You know, as I ended last week, I should have been on a total high. I should have been feeling so proud of myself, so excited for what's to come and really celebrating. But instead, I felt this real cloud over myself because this one thing that one person had said had really affected me. This exact weakness is why a couple of years ago when I got trolled for the first time, I just completely hit rock bottom in context of my identity and my business. I questioned everything. I was so affected by it. I couldn't sleep. I didn't want to show up online because suddenly I was getting these opinions thrown at me that felt really hurtful. Now I can cope with people saying silly things about me that I don't 
like for example if you tell me that you don't like that I wear black clothes all the time or I don't know you think my hair looks weird like I don't care about things like that to clarify those opinions don't really matter to me the opinions that matter to me is when people are talking about my businesses my values my impact what I care about all of those things I am incredibly sensitive about and it's very easy for someone to rock my boat if they say something or I even just think someone thinks something they don't even have to say it I'll just assume and already feel upset by that it really does get to me and this is something I've been working on for years when I first got trolled it was the big realization I had was I take everyone's opinions on I value the opinion of the random person on Instagram as high as I value the opinion of my closest team member who's worked with me for years and that's a problem right something that I'm really learning to do and it's taking a long time is have a filter in place that when someone says something like I don't know why you're doing that I didn't really like that I'm not sure about that I put it through a filter and I go okay is this someone that I'm wanting and needing to be listening to what do I think of their opinion what do I say about that thing that they've said I think what helping this weakness comes back to is having a really strong inner identity kind of allows me to to not be swayed by what other people are saying. But I guess on the other end of this spectrum, what I don't want to do is go in the opposite direction and become one of those people. And I have no hate for these people. In fact, I really respect them because I could never do it. Or at least it feels very far from how I am right now. You know, there's people that are like, I just don't care what people think. I'm just doing me. Like, whatever you think of me is your own problem, blah, blah, blah. I look at that and I'm like, gosh, to have that mindset (laughs) feels so foreign to me because I am just so closely attached to what other people think. Now, I don't want to go to that other end of the spectrum because I do want to care about what people think. Like I said, right at the start of this point, my clients, my customers, my team, my community, all of those opinions are really important for me to listen to and be sensitive to. But I guess what I need to learn to do is to put things through that bit of a filter and question things and try and get to a point where, you know, that idea of like water off a duck's back, like I can just have something happen and be like, oh, it's okay. That's all right. I'm, I'm good with that. Whereas at the moment, those feelings really linger, they fester. And like I said, with the example of last week, they can really take over how I'm feeling. So that's my first weakness as a business owner. I care a lot about what people think. And I don't know if maybe that would be one that would surprise you listening. I think the way that I show up online, it probably does come across as quite, you know, confident, bold, a little bit, you know, this is just me, this is what I think. Whereas in reality, I am constantly overthinking things and thinking, oh gosh, what does that one person think? Or, you know, if I notice someone has unfollowed me or I think, oh gosh, they've not said anything in a while. Gosh, does that mean that they hate me? And it's also comes from a place of ego of just assuming that people care way more than they think they do. But yeah, this is one that really affects me. I think it does hold me back a lot as well from kind of sharing stuff online is that I do worry a lot about how things come across. And I always want to do things to the best of my ability. So if I ever feel like I've kind of done something a bit subpar or I've not done a great job at something, I will really kind of bully myself for that because I've gone, oh, well, like now what are people going to think? We need to do the best job ever. The second weakness that I experience within my businesses, and this shows up all of the time, but is especially prevalent right now, is that I struggle to keep things simple. If we were to categorize people into two camps, and I know this is kind of overly generalizing what we're like as people, but if we said, right, we've got your kind of vision, dreamers, they love the big picture, they love thinking about where you're going, and then you've got your doers who like like the detail and actually like doing the things. I am definitely more of the first. I like the big picture, I like the vision, I like to think about the ideas, I like to think about where we could be going with things. Where I struggle, 
struggle is when it actually comes to the implementation. Part of the reason why I really struggle if I don't have any kind of support from team, because I can be so focused on the new stuff, I kind of forget maybe the detail of what needs to get done, either just to sustain the businesses or to make those new things happen. I often experience something that I call shiny object syndrome, whereas business owners, we are magpies for shiny things. Those shiny things being ideas. I come up with so many ideas for my businesses, different products I want to do with on paper, events that I'd like to run, new programs, new courses, new ways of doing the programs and courses that I already do, new one-to-one offerings, new events. The other week I had an idea for a third business and had to massively get talked down by the people around me not to launch another business into the world. I'm big on ideas. And that shiny object syndrome that I can really easily have can lead me to going from idea to idea, but actually in doing so, sacrifice on the kind of fundamental basics in my business because I'm just chasing the new. An example of this would be, bless any team members who have ever worked with me in the past, this is probably something they've experienced a lot of, which is where we'll get to a call and I'll be like, so I've had a massive idea. And we're launching it next week. It's not just for me that I have loads of ideas, but I also want to do things really quickly. I guess I get quite impatient with things. I just get excited. I want to follow my emotion. And I think in the early days of business, that was something I could do. You know, I wasn't risking a lot. Business was very agile. There wasn't really anything that needed to be sustained. So I could kind of jump from thing to thing. Whereas now there's a lot of commitments already in the business. There's contracts that are signed that have me committed for the next few months, even the next few years, some of those contracts. You know, there's there's my salary. There's other people that need to be paid. There's clients that are already booked in. There's things that are already happening. When I slip into that shiny object mode and just want to do new things all the time and do them ASAP, suddenly I'm rocking the boat a little bit more because both businesses now have solid foundations and the foundations need to be sustained before I add lots of fun things on top of that. So whilst there is a strength in there, which is the ideas and kind of loving bringing new things to life and actually finding that really energizing rather than exhausting, it can definitely be a negative for me because like I said, it can mean that I perhaps forget those things that really matter or kind of lose focus maybe of the bigger goals because instead I'm pursuing the things that maybe feel a bit more immediate or feel a bit exciting. Simplicity is something I'm really really aiming for in both of my businesses, especially actually in Alice Benham Limited, which is the way more established business. That's where I do all my one-to-one work, host events, do courses, programs, run this podcast, etc. I have so many ideas for that business, but I have to keep bringing it back to this idea of simplicity. Simplicity in the sense that it's easy for me to run because I've got another business now that I need to focus on and I've got a personal life I'd like to sustain, but also simplicity for other people. I do not want to have one of those businesses where you look at my Instagram every six weeks and my bio's changed and suddenly I'm doing something different or there's a new thing happening. Like I do not want people to feel like they have got whiplash from how much I'm changing my mind and doing new things. But that can very easily be what happens by me following this desire that I have to constantly have new ideas and bring them to life as soon as possible. Do you see the challenge that I have there? Like my business needs to be innovating. I need to be following these new ideas. Very often it's these ideas that lead to the next level for the business, but I need to be careful in the way that I do them to ensure that I don't lose any of the clarity and simplicity that is important to my business. And also that I don't sacrifice on any of the important stuff just because there's something new and exciting. For example, if I've committed to a load of client projects, my clients are the most important thing to Alice Benham Limited. They are what keeps that business running. So just because I've had an amazing idea or a great opportunity come through, I have to question, is saying yes to this new thing going to mean sacrificing 
on the experience and the quality of work that I give to my clients? And if that is a yes, then I need to rethink that new thing. That's just one example of what it comes down to for me is just questioning everything and going, right, what is the effect of this? And do the pros outweigh the cons? A big thing I've got to think about is not just simplicity in the sense of the business looking simple, but also being simple for me to run. I am very prone to getting burnt out. It's something I am incredibly good at um, is getting myself to that edge because that's kind of where I'm at my best, I think, is when I'm a little bit stretched and kind of um, slightly working on fumes. But that is not sustainable mentally or physically. So I've also got to be really careful that I don't have so many ideas and do so many new things that actually I burn out in the process because if I burn out, then nothing's going to happen. As you can tell, this is one that shows up in so many different ways. And funnily enough, the solution to it is very similar to what I talked about before with caring a lot about what people think. It's just trying to put a pause point in there, giving myself that moment to kind of reflect, question, think. You know, a few years ago, I could have an idea and just bring it to life overnight. Great example of this would be my retreats, Gather and Grow. I had the idea and I think within a couple of weeks I'd launched them. I could do that at that point. Whereas now I've got to do a little bit more thinking and planning. I mean, having said that, I can give you an example here. My small business event, um, (laughs) just about to basically tell you that I haven't changed at all. Had the idea for that and I think within a week, I'd sent out invites. So, I mean, I'm still pretty quick and I still do kind of have these ideas quite last minute, but it is something I need to be more and more aware of as the businesses grow because constant innovation is not sustainable and I don't think leads to a really clear and simple and impactful business. So I think this is one I'm going to have to keep bringing myself back to as things grow over time. But I will say another thing that really helps me with this is following the AB method, which I created, of having my yearly intentions and my core goals. If you're not familiar, the AB method is kind of a phrase that I came up with to describe the way that I recommend business owners approach goal setting, where you set yearly intentions. So you kind of set big vision for the year ahead. And then each quarter you set very tangible goals, which align with those yearly intentions. And following this method really helps me to keep things simple and intentional. If I give you an example, something that I always have more ideas for is content. So I'm always thinking, oh, I could do a YouTube vlog about that. I could start doing TikToks about that. I could do a new podcast about that. And by bringing it back to my intentions and thinking, right, where am I taking the business this year? What am I looking to? Am I looking to really diversify and scale my reach? Okay, maybe we should do some of those things. Or actually, am I looking to work more on developing the services or the internals of the business? And actually, I want things to feel even simpler in terms of content, right? If that's the case, then maybe I shouldn't do those things. By setting those yearly intentions and quarterly goals, I kind of have this reference point to bring everything back to. And I can question those ideas in a much easier way and I don't just instantly go, yep, shiny thing, cool idea, let's go and do it. Actually, I have this moment of questioning. So that's something that really helps me with that. But anyway, that's my second weakness, struggling to keep things simple because I love the ideas. The third of my weaknesses, which has shown up a lot recently, and I think many of you might resonate with this one, is that I drop my habits when I need them most. And when I say my habits, what I'm talking about here is the things that help me perform at my best in my businesses. So whether they're personal habits like sleep or exercise or journaling or habits in the business like tracking statistics, responding to all my emails at the start and end of the day, creating content at a regular time, whatever those habits might be, personal or business, I tend to drop them 
when I'm most in need of them. Those habits are things that keep me topped up. Now that idea of like, you can't pour from an empty cup, those things fill my cup up. They make sure that I am equipped in my businesses to be showing up and taking action. Now, when I'm feeling overwhelmed, when things feel full on, when I feel a bit stressed, those habits are often the first thing to go. I'll lose my good sleep pattern. I'll be sat on TikTok till 1am. I will stop eating well and doing my exercise because I think that I haven't got the time. I'll stop journaling and instead I'll be scrolling emails at 11pm. I often drop those habits in the moments where I most need them. And you might be thinking, well, that's really stupid. Why'd you do that? I think it's just because a lot of those habits take energy and time. You know, when I'm overwhelmed, when it feels like there's a lot going on, I guess my brain's thinking, well, what can we lose? What can we drop? Let's drop the things that feel a bit uncomfortable. Let's drop the things that take time and energy. Okay, don't go to Tesco and do your your food shop. Don't go to the gym at the end of the workday. Don't go to bed earlier. You know, we need the time. We need the energy. And I guess what my brain doesn't understand is actually those things give me time and give me energy. Those things take time in the moment. They don't always feel super comfortable. They don't always feel very appealing, but they're the things that really help me. They fill my cup up. I noticed it last week. A lot was going on, as you'll have heard from that list I gave earlier. You know, there was a lot of moving pieces, quite a few different announcements and launches, quite a few things behind the scenes. I pretty much dropped all of my habits last week. I know because I have a habit tracker and I didn't fill it out, which says enough. Because if I didn't fill it out, that basically means I knew I wasn't doing them. So I didn't want to acknowledge that. By Friday, I felt pretty rough. Like, gosh, I'm not feeling good this week. I've had an amazing work week. Why am I feeling so low? And I realized part of the reason I was probably feeling low is I'd lost all of my habits. I wasn't helping myself. I was just making my my day to day even more difficult because I wasn't doing those things that help. I know so many of you will resonate with this because it's a conversation I have a lot with clients. And we actually talked about it a lot in the Productivity Bootcamp Challenge last week is the idea that the things that help us be productive are so simple, but they're the things that we forget when we need them most and we drop them so easily. I have a very all or nothing mindset. I feel like that's very common for business owners is that we're like, I'm either going to do everything or I'm going to fall off the bandwagon and then do nothing. And we kind of go from one extreme to another. But the reality is we've got to try and sit in the messy middle where we let ourselves do some things, but try not to do everything perfectly. I can be really toxic with myself where if I have one day of eating in a way that doesn't make me feel good or one night where I don't get a proper sleep routine in. I just, the next day I'm like, oh, screw it. (laughs) I'm never going to try and sleep properly again. I'm never going to eat an apple again. I just go to this other extreme and that's such an unhelpful mindset because it stops me doing the things that really help me. For me, what combating this looks like is a lot of accountability in speaking to others. I am very good at kind of lying to myself (laughs) and being like, no, it's not because I've dropped all my habits. No, it's not that. There's something else going on. But nine times out of 10, when I speak to someone else, whether it be a friend, whether it be a teammate, whether it just be someone else who kind of gets it, they'll help me to see, okay, maybe it's because you're not doing the things that help. I think sometimes I don't want it to be so simple and obvious, but usually it is. In reality, I don't really want someone to remind me that it's probably that I'm on TikTok till 1am and therefore sleeping really badly that I feel a bit rough. I want you to tell me it's something different to that, but that often is what it is. So for me, speaking to others, having accountability and creating accountability for myself as well is really important. I talked just then about the idea of having a habit tracker. This is something that really helps me. I honestly think the more we treat ourselves like children when it comes to productivity, the the more we're going to get done. What do 
children like? They like reward charts. They like stickers. They like prizes. They like acknowledgement that they've done the thing. So that's what I do for myself and my business. All of these habits, both within the business and for me personally, that help me, I track. And I don't just track it to kind of decide if I'm doing well or not. In fact, that's not why I track it at all. I track it because it keeps me motivated to do those things. Helpful habits rarely feel like things that we want to do all the time. Very easy to lose motivation. So the thing to consider for me here is how do I make these habits, A, something that happen really easily and B, something that I can exercise the self-discipline to do. A great book that I recommend to everyone is Atomic Habits. If this is something that resonates with you, I'd really recommend read that book by James Clear because it's such an interesting take on how we can build these helpful habits. But I mean, I'm even sat here having read that book and this is still something that I really struggle with. I drop my habits when I need them the most. And this week for me, after dropping all my habits last week, is about just getting back on that. And I'm sure in a couple of months time, I'm going to be like, damn it, I dropped my habits again. It's okay. We just got to get back to it. But I wonder how many of you resonate with that weakness, that perhaps when you're busiest in your business, when things feel the most overwhelming, actually when you need your habits the most, that's when you drop. Really interested to hear what you guys think of that. And the final weakness I want to share with you, honestly, I could keep going for another few hours. There are so many other weaknesses I have. When I started planning this episode, I was like, gosh, there's 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 a lot. <laughs> there's a lot I could share. But the final one I'll share for today is that I don't ask for help. I am really not good at getting support from other people. And when I say ask for help, I mean this both emotionally and practically. One of my biggest weaknesses is my inability to be vulnerable. And I feel like that might surprise you listening because a lot of my content is very honest. I talk a lot about mental health, my business finances, challenges that I've faced, mistakes that I've made, my weaknesses. You know, a lot of this stuff might come across very vulnerable, but this doesn't feel vulnerable to me. Sharing things in hindsight, sharing things in a way that I guess has a kind of start, middle and end, it's got a point to it. That doesn't feel very vulnerable to me. That doesn't really feel very scary. What really feels vulnerable to me is sharing emotions in the moment. If I'm in a situation in my business where I'm feeling really scared or worried or upset, I am incredibly bad at sharing that emotion with anyone else. I'm a massive internal processor. I think part of it is that actually I do better processing by myself than I do out loud. Sometimes when I start talking out loud, I'm like, no, this isn't helpful. I need to just think about this by myself. And that is part of it. But I think also another big part of it is that I really struggle to share those raw emotions because it feels very weak. It's something that I've talked about in therapy and in life coaching for hours on end and I think will be something I continue to work through throughout my whole life is that I really do see that kind of raw emotion as weakness for me personally. When other people share raw emotion with me, I really respect it and value it. I feel honored. I like hearing how people are feeling, but there's just something in it for me where I just go to do it and I'm like, oh no, I can't. Like, I don't think anyone in my personal life has ever seen me cry. If I'm feeling really low and my friends can all attest to this, I will just retreat inwards. I'll talk to you about it when I feel a bit better. I'll share everything then. I'll be really open then. But when it's going on in the moment, I've really struggled to reach out for that support. So not asking for help definitely shows up emotionally and 
any of you that run a business will resonate with how emotionally challenging running a business is. I know that any big problems that I come up against, I'm not good at bringing people into that because I think, oh, I don't want them to see. I don't want them to know. I want to kind of portray the fact that everything's going great or I I want to speak to them about it, but only once I've figured out a bit of a plan. So that's the first way that I struggle to ask for help is in an emotional setting. But the second way I struggle to ask for help is also in a practical setting. You know, if I need actual help within my business, if I don't know how to do something or I don't have the time or I just don't need to be doing it. The last scenario that my brain comes up with is, oh, maybe we should ask someone else. I will quicker work overnight then I will ask someone else just to do the task for me. And I think that comes down to a few different things. I think that's first of all, because I have a bit of a superhero complex. I think it's an ego thing where I'm like, I can do all the things. I don't need help. I can do it all. I like being busy. I feel good about myself when I'm being busy. I think that's part of it. But I think the other part of it is I'm not naturally very good at delegating because I really struggle to trust that other people are going to do exactly what I want them to do. And I also don't really think I've got the skill set to delegate very well. The team members, the freelancers that I work with, they are amazing. They are so forgiving of me because I just don't think I'm the best at delegating. I always have a very specific idea of what I want in my mind. And I think I worry that if I'm too clear with my directions, then I'm going to come across as bossy or like mean or difficult to work with. And so then when someone does something and it's not exactly what I envisioned, I can be like, oh, I may as well just done it myself or like oh I'm now going to be that annoying person that has loads of feedback and loads of edits my editor M who is editing this podcast if she listens to it is probably resonating with this and bless her like I just have to have team members now that kind of can get on board with this and that's why I generally work with freelancers instead of employees because I tend to find that dynamics a little bit easier for me there but I don't think I'm really a natural manager or delegator I think if I had all the time and energy I would be happiest just doing everything myself because I quite like doing all of the things. I know exactly how I want it done and I kind of trust that I can figure it out, but that is not a sustainable approach to business. I cannot be working all of the hours and I shouldn't be doing all these things. You know, M is 10 times better at editing podcasts than I am. And thankfully now I've got to the point where I really see the fact that it shouldn't be me doing it. So I've learned to delegate there. It's definitely something that I struggle with more in the other parts of the business. I've just brought on a new team member who's helping me with some content and admin support. And that's a huge learning curve for me of really learning how do I delegate well? Not only how do I know which tasks to give away because my tendency is to be like, it's fine, you don't have to do any work this week, I'll do it all. But also to learn when I've picked a task to give away, actually how to give it away in the best way possible. As I talked about at the very top of this episode, these weaknesses aren't, set. It's not, this is something I'm bad at and that's me forever. These are muscles. And I've got to look at this with a growth mindset. Gosh, that felt icky to say. I feel like all the American gurus talk about growth mindset. You need to have a growth mindset to grow. But it's so true. I've got to have a growth mindset where I look at how these things can be improved. If I just decide I'm not going to ask him for help and I'm bad at delegating and that's me, that's my identity, that's who I am. I'm going to be stuck like that forever. And I'm going to really struggle to grow and sustain these two businesses, let alone anything else that I want to be doing if I don't learn how to fix this. Maybe even fix is the wrong word because I'm probably never going to change these things. If we reflect back on these weaknesses, 
I'm always going to care what people think. I'm always going to struggle to keep things simple because I have so many ideas. I'm probably always going to drop my habits when I need them most. And I'm probably always going to struggle to ask for help. Those personality traits may not ever go away, but what I can do is grow the opposite muscle and become better at combating those weaknesses and knowing what helps me. I hope that if I were to record this episode in a few years time, I could report back on how some of these things are now improved or probably just perhaps how they're now showing up in a different way. But hey, that's business, right? If you're Alice of the future listening to this, I hope you're doing well. Go give yourself a snack. I'm sure you're doing a great job. Um, But as I said, I could go on. I could talk about how one of my weaknesses is that I reply to emails and DMs in my head and never actually send a tangible reply. Could talk about the fact that I sit on TikTok for hours and get stuck because I have 20 content ideas and I'm waiting for the perfect one when the perfect one doesn't exist. I could keep talking about my weaknesses and I guess I share that to show that none of us are perfect in business and we've all got things that are both our superpowers and our weaknesses. I am sure my businesses wouldn't be where they are today without these traits that I have. Because if we swap these all on their head, they all show up in a positive way. But as I shared today, they also show up in challenging ways too. So how about you? What do you notice are your weaknesses? when it comes to being a business owner. I don't want you to see this process and see this exploration as a negative thing. It's not about shaming ourselves. It's not about feeling bad. It's not about pinpointing, yeah, that's the reason that I'm so rubbish is because of that weakness. That's not what it's about. It's about self-discovery that can then lead to growth. The more self-aware that we are, the more grace and compassion that we can give ourselves. Because I'm aware of the fact that I really struggle to ask for help, I am then so much kinder to myself when I don't do that in future. I don't kind of slap myself over the wrist and go like, oh, Alice, you're awful. You're so bad. Why can you never just ask for help? I realize actually, no, that's something I really struggle with. I understand why I struggle with that. I have compassion for myself and therefore I can help myself. If you are just berating yourself for kind of your natural tendencies, you're going to really struggle in the day-to-day of business because you're just going to be constantly feeling bad. Whereas actually, if you can be self-aware and always be looking for opportunities and ways to improve these things, combat these weaknesses and grow the opposite muscle, then great. That's such a better place to be in in business, right? So I'd love to hear, did anything that I shared as my weaknesses resonate with you today? And what are the weaknesses that you've started to reflect on in your role as a business owner? As always, you can come and message me on Instagram. I'm at Alice underscore Benham. Pop me an email. Hello, alicebenham.co.uk. You can message me on LinkedIn, Alice Benham. I mean, you're seeing the theme here. Search Alice Benham somewhere and I'd love to hear from you. I genuinely mean it when I say that hearing your thoughts on these episodes really means the world. The numbers are great. I like seeing the numbers, but what really matters to me is the people. I want to know what you think. I want to know how this episode's made you feel. I want to know where you listen to it. So let me know because it makes me very happy and make sure to subscribe. We'll be back with another episode next Tuesday. It's a guest recording. So I'm very looking forward, very looking forward. English, Alice. Very, very much looking forward. I'm really looking forward. I can't wait for you to listen to it is what I'm trying to say. So I hope you have the best week between now and then. I'll be back in your ears next Tuesday. So I hope you have a great one and I'm always cheering you on. (music) 